Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who, well, you know who he is. Come on. You know who he is. This is Brandon Siegel. By now, I feel like if you're listening to the podcast, you should know who we are. Yeah, and, and that I'm was not saying little... we have, you know, we're the you know, greatest podcasters <laughs> in the world, but by this, I feel like if you're listening right now, not only you're a true one, you're a true fan, and we love you guys, but you should know who we are. Yeah, and if you didn't uh, know what I was doing there, I was just giving a little Kevin Durant interview, obviously. <laughs> in the interview, he was like, you know who I am, I'm Kevin Durant, so that's where that was from if you missed that. So. We'll, we'll get there. We'll, get, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about Kevin Durant in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit later, but first, uh, with small talk, we're going to talk about Russell Wilson, obviously the video with... Uh, Ciara and uh, his big contract today. Um, we're going to talk about uh, some of the notable high school players that still have yet to select their college, like Cole Anthony. Um, Matthew Hurt just made his selection. We got the Will Wade reinstatement. And we're going to talk about some of the beefs going on in the NBA. Um, and then after that, we're going to go into some of the NBA playoffs. Obviously, small talk trivia, randomly ranked. And then the NFL draft to end the show. It's going to be this – is, this is another exciting episode. I, I think this will be like the, one of the better episodes just because there's so much information. Yep. Of course. Uh, but we'll, we'll get right into small talk. Uh, like we said, we're going to go straight into Russell Wilson. Uh, Russell Wilson is the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, and he just signed a four-year deal worth $140 million in extension, uh, $65 million signing bonus, and 107 of the $140 million guaranteed. Wow. Is this worth it to you? Is it worth it? With um, the video. If you add in the video, is it worth it? <laughs> the video is great. Um, I love the video. Um, but yeah, Russell Wilson, he's the Seahawks franchise quarterback. It seems like pretty much everyone's getting this much money nowadays. So I think they had to keep him. So yeah, I'm going to say it's worth it. Yeah, it, without a doubt, I would pay Russell Wilson as much money as he possibly wants. Just as much as he wants. I mean, even back from Wisconsin, he looked like he was going to be amazing. So to me, Russell Wilson all around, I'd pay him $40 million if he asked for it. So this is a good deal to me. I think they lock him up for a while. Uh, transitioning into some different college stuff, a uh, couple, couple recruits coming up here in college basketball recruiting. We had Matthew Hurt uh, over the weekend, or on Friday, excuse me, yep. who is the eighth overall player according to 247 Sports. Power forward, 6'9", 215 pounds, committed to Duke. A uh, couple other recruits coming up. Yeah, so we got Cole Anthony, um, his commitment scheduled Tuesday morning, mm-hmm. um, which I believe he's going to UNC. Where I do you agree. think he's going? I, he's I going agree. North I, I think it's almost sold. I think yeah. uh, right now, 247 has him around 90 or 92, 3, 4%, right around right. there as their crystal ball prediction for him going to UNC. He fits right in, in my opinion. Like Kobe White's leaving. He's going to yeah. just be amazing there. Yeah, he'll kind of take the place of uh, Kobe White. Obviously, he's going to be a great player for North Carolina. He was the MVP in the McDonald's All-American game. So we know he's a great player. And then another guy, Cassius Stanley, supposed to commit this week. Where do you think he's going? This is another, Duke is going to have another good class. I think he goes to Duke. I know that's what he's projected. Yeah. Um, but Duke is, I mean, with him, Wendell Moore, uh, Cassius, if Cassius Stanley commits Matthew Hurt, it seems like everyone wants yeah. to play with Matthew Hurt. Vernon Carey. And you told me that after the McDonald's All-American game, like everyone wants Matthew Hurt to come play with I was, them. I was, I was, it was a little bit of me just being funny, but I mean, he is a really he's, good prospect. He's amazing, yeah. Um, from he's what really, I saw really in the McDonald's good. All-American game. And um, so, yeah, I think he's going to go to Duke as well. They already have the number one class, whether they get him or not. So right. adding him would just another great class after this previous one so it's it, it's gonna be a good good class for duke it's also not as much hype i think as this year no. so i think it's to be a, just a little bit even though if it's the number one class to be a little bit quieter and i think it'll be a better transition especially since trey jones is it's staying back. Mm-hmm. uh to continue with college basketball 
Will Wade, the head coach of LSU, has been reinstated. Uh, they said LSU's uh, athletic director and vice chancellor, uh, who actually, he just resigned, <laughs> like literally right after this. But he said he, Wade did not violate any part of his contract um, and will be able to be reinstated and will coach next year. It's a little confusing to me, but what do you think about it? I'm, I'm very surprised. I thought for sure he was getting fired. I said it on the podcast when we talked about it before. Mm-hmm. Um, what he did, it, you know, he clearly like said on the wiretap, he was clearly talking about Javante Smart. And uh, I, I don't know. I'm really surprised about this. We'll see what happens. But as of now, it looks like he might be coaching the Tigers next season. It, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. There's, there's tapes of him telling a recruit that you were going to get paid like a rookie minimum in the NBA. Yeah. Which is like $500,000 or something, 400000 whatever it is exactly. I mean, that's, that's crazy. How, how is there – and not only that, he's not even testifying in the FBI in the trial. I, yeah, I don't it, understand that. Uh, to me, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Uh, I think he's a great coach, and I think that's why they want to keep him. I mean, he did such an amazing job recruiting the current class and coaching mm, this current class. Absolutely. Um, LSU, I think, is going to be good next year, even though they have a lot oh, of guys yeah, leaving. Sure. They'll be good, especially yeah. if Will Wade stays. Um, yeah, it'll be very interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens because the the athletic director quit. Like, he quit earlier this week. He literally just quit. Yeah, he just resigned. It's weird. Um, to continue with some more basketball, uh, NBA playoffs have had a lot of beefing. The players are getting a little snippy. A uh, lot of players getting a little snippy. I th- I think it's just because the competition just brings out this in players. Uh, but let's run down a couple of the uh, NBA beefs we have. Yeah. So first of all, we got the beef between Ben Simmons and Jared Dudley. Obviously, Jared Dudley, he made a comment saying that Ben Simmons is a great player in transition, but he's average when it comes to playing in the half court. Now, Ben Simmons, he didn't have a good game in game one, so this was Jared Dudley saying that after Ben Simmons' bad game one performance when the Nets won. But since then, the Sixers have won three straight. Um, they lead the series three to one, and Ben Simmons had a really good game three performance, 31 points to respond to him. So. I don't know. I mean, Jared Dudley, I, I think you kind of woke up a beast there with that one. And then uh, also we got Pat Bev with KD. Um, obviously, Pat Beverly, the pest that he is, and Dame Russ, which has just been a great battle for me. Yeah. Who do you think is better between Damian Lillard and Russ Westbrook? I feel like a lot of people would just say this is like a straight-cut answer. Like a lot of people. I mean, obviously, Russ was MVP two years ago. Who do you, in your opinion, I know you love both of these guys. These are your, yeah. your guys. Who would you say you think is better right now, like in this playoffs right now? Right now, at this moment, Dame has been playing better. So it's really tough for me because I've always been – I've had Russ. Currently, if I would have rankings and I've, I I kind of keep my NBA rankings up to date, I have right now currently Russell Westbrook number eight, Damian Lillard number nine. But that could change. You know, I'm, I'm really on the fence about it. I just love watching both of them play. But currently today, Damian Lillard has been better in this year's playoffs. Yeah, I, I love Damian Lillard. I, I, I completely agree on that. I think he is such an underrated player, especially in today's NBA where there's just so much constant three-point shooting where the, the guard who can do a lot on the floor is kind of a little pushed kind of to the back for the guys that just chuck up a ton of threes. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's better than Russ, whether it's playoffs, not playoffs, doesn't matter. In my opinion, Russ is extremely overrated. And that's a conversation for another day. I'm not saying Russell Westbrook isn't good, but I agree with you. Damian Lillard has taken the series, even after a, a, a bad start to last game. Right. Um, I, I think Damian Lillard has the better of the two in this series. Um, to go back to KD, Pat Bev, I, I love that like, KD has such thin skin, and we know this. Like, we know everything bothers him. Yeah. But I, I feel like he's not actually that bothered by this. I, I think like no. a, the grand scheme to him is like, 
like I don't I don't care what Patrick Beverly says about me. I'm way better than Patrick Beverly. And Patrick Beverly's mindset, I'm sure, is just I just want to annoy him as much as I can to throw him off his game. Yeah, I mean, it seems like KD, and I think he's, it seems like he's starting to evolve on that. He's not seeming as sensitive. And obviously the way he responded to Beverly, I agree. He didn't seem too bothered by it. He responded with a great performance. So, you know, the Warriors are going to win the series, and KD's clearly a better player. So I agree, without a doubt. Uh, so that's going to wrap up our small talk for today. We're, we're going to kind of go into our trivia portion. Um, the score is 1-0. I am up 1-0 after two weeks. Um, I think we got a couple good questions that could relate to some of the topics we talked about. Um, so would you like to go first? Um, I can go first today. Sounds so, good. Yeah, so we were talking about Cole Anthony. Yeah, okay? okay. Cole Anthony, who we both assume is going to go to North Carolina, right? Yeah. We're both pretty, we agree on pretty that. Pretty sure about that. He is the number two ranked prospect on ESPN. Okay. So my question to go with this is, who is the last player to play for UNC uh, that was ranked number one on ESPN? He was ranked number one on ESPN, and he played for UNC. Okay. There's one name that comes to my mind. I might okay. be jumping the gun on it. I have one name, and I think I, think I know who it is. So okay. I'm just going to go through it real quick in my mind, any of the possible guys. I, I, I think I have my answer. I think it's Tyler Hansborough. It is not Tyler Hansborough. Oh. It is not. I, I thought you, I really thought you were going to get it there. Who is it? It's Harrison Barnes. Oh. 2010. Oh, no. He was number one. When was Hansborough? Was he like, he had to have been close to then. I don't think he was number one, but he was, was he, he, he was, was definitely top like, five. I, that's, that was my, I was like, I don't know if he was number one, but I, I that was yeah, my guess. He, well, they won the championship in 09, so he would have been a couple years earlier than that. And then Barnes was 2010, so. so yeah, so, was, okay. Got yeah. it. Uh, so I was, I, I feel like I was close, but no cigar there. Uh, so to my question, uh, mine's going to be about the NFL draft, as we're going to talk about that later. And uh, as I've said a couple times on the podcast before, I love the NFL draft. It's one of my favorite events of the year. So my question is, which college has the most draftees in the NFL draft? Which college? Like of all time? Of all time. Which college has the most draftees? Okay, so different colleges come to my mind. Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, Miami... Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this: the Texas. college, the college that is number one currently has five hundred and six picks. Wow. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, the one that <clears throat> I would have said has four hundred and ninety nine, so it's seven seven picks different. Okay. So it, it's tough because the with the recency, it has me going like Alabama, LSU. But then, like if I think more, uh, before that, mm-hmm. it's tough. You know, I I. Th- I'm going to go LSU. That's my LSU. pick. LSU? Yes. LSU is not a bad guess, but it is not correct. <laughs> okay. Um, I would have guessed Notre Dame, who is number two. That's uh, another good guess. But number one is USC. Oh, okay. LSU has 335, so okay. 171 less. Alabama's up there, 355. Mm-hmm. So Alabama's up there. So two good All questions. Right. Again, scores 1-0. I still <sighs> hold the lead, wow. uh, which is very, very exciting. Uh, so that's going to put us to our next topic here, randomly ranked. Uh, this is where we take a completely random topic and rank it. Uh, so today's topic, we're going to go with top three vacation spots. Now, one thing about this, I know mine at the least. I haven't been to every single one of these. It's what I think would be the best vacation spots, plus one or two that I've been to. So it doesn't have to be somewhere you've been. Right. Okay. So I'll go first. You went first. I'll go mm-hmm. first for this one. Uh, my number three vacation spot. Number three. I'm going to go with Sydney, Australia. Okay. The reason I say this, 
Sydney pretty much the whole year has just like great energy, uh, great uh, weather, and also there's so much to do in Sydney, so much to do. So that's that's my number three. Then I kind of have like a couple tiers. My number two and one are close. Number one definitely takes it, but I this number two place is very high on my on my chart. Number two is gonna be Greece. I I'm obsessed with Greek mythology, so I've always wanted to visit Greece. I I know it's just beautiful there. Uh, so that's gonna come in my number two. And number one, people who really know me know this is my, my favorite place in the whole entire world. And that is Aruba. Now it's a very small island. It's 10 miles north of Venezuela. Um, their slogan is one happy island because you will almost never see anybody cry there. Almost never. So that, <laughs> that's, that's my top three that's vacation spots. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Your top three, what do you got? All right, uh, number three, I'm gonna go with France. It doesn't necessarily have to be Paris, mm. but it, it could be Paris. I took four years of French in high school, so I've always kind of wanted to go to France. Um, obviously, they have a lot of great food, and just to travel to Europe in general would be nice. But So France, I'm going to go number three. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with Los Angeles. Now, some of you might not like this pick because it's in the U.S., and you know, but I, I kind of just want to see the scene. Obviously, I've never been like that far you know, I've never been to California in general, never been to Los Angeles, so I'd like to see a good the scene. LA's fun. So I'd, that's number two for me. And number one is uh, Ibiza. Ibiza? Uh, Ibiza is number one. Okay, so... That's an like, interesting pick. It is interesting. Now, I watch a lot of... So, like, some of the YouTubers I watch, they go to Ibiza to travel, and they'll meet up with, like, other YouTubers and obviously have a lot of fun because it's a great vacation spot. Um, and it just looks very nice, obviously, the beaches and, you know, the different resorts... Um, that they have there, so that's number one for me. Mm-hmm. I like that pick. That that's an interesting pick. I did not see that coming at all. Uh, it's a good randomly ranked, good, very good randomly ranked. Um, we're gonna go right into our main topics here. Continue with some NBA ba- uh, basketball, the playoffs. Um, first topic that I I really want to discuss. This is something that I I feel like, to me, is actually a pretty easy answer, but it's been pretty widely debated. Do, do you think anyone can beat the Warriors, even without Cousins? Um, so just for you guys at home, uh, DeMarcus Cousins, their center, he is out, going to be out. For, I think he'll be out for the rest of the playoffs. He tore yeah. his uh, quad. Yeah, he's going to be out for the playoffs. Uh, so can anyone beat the Warriors, too? Do you think they have a challenge coming up for them? Yeah, so the Warriors, their biggest challenger is the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. Which will be next round. Which will be next round. If both to me, win. To me, that is the NBA Finals for me. The conference semifinals in the West, 1-4 matchup, Warriors-Rockets, that's the NBA Finals. Because they're the biggest challenger to the Warriors. They obviously were last year as well in the conference finals. And I think it's going to be their biggest challenge again this year. Um, which is unfortunate that we're going to get the finals in the semi, in the conference semis. But that's what's going to happen. I think the Rockets are, I think they're going to take it at least six, maybe seven. Obviously, James Harden, he's been even better this year. Chris Paul now back from injury. Clint Capella. And I kind of like how... They didn't start off the year so well, and now they've kind of been getting it together. James Harden said recently in an interview that he believes this is the best they've played all season, which makes sense. They've looked great. They're up 3-0 on the Jazz. Mm-hmm. So I really like the Rockets. And without Cousins, obviously Cousins, he had one of his best games against the Rockets. So he could have been a difference maker without him now. The Rockets could be trouble. I still would take the Warriors in seven, but the Rockets are definitely the biggest challenge. I, I don't, I'm not seeing what you're seeing. Okay, let me explain. Harden disappears in playoffs games all the time. And I love James Harden. I really, really love James Harden. But I I don't see them being a true challenge for the Warriors. DeMarcus Cousins hasn't played this whole year. He didn't play the past 
three championships they were in, I don't think he really matters that much. Of course, DeMarcus Cousins is a great player. I don't, I don't think he matters at all. You, even if you took KD off the Warriors, just take him off. Don't necessarily put him on OKC. Just take him off. With, they, they killed everyone. The, 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 with Steph, Clay, and, uh, and Draymond. I don't think it matters. It's a different year. I don't think it matters if DeMarcus Cousins is there or if the Houston Rockets put Michael Jordan on there. Well, maybe that would matter. But <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it matters what happens. I, I, I don't see anyone challenging them. This doesn't seem like a year to me that truly anyone is a good competitor for them. LeBron's not in the playoffs, so I mean, no, no one's gonna be able to beat them. In my mind, I don't, I don't even see them going to seven games. I think six would be the max. I think they can play them well at home if Harden, you know, blows up for a game and just becomes unstoppable for a game. But I, I don't see it happening every single night like KD could do or like Steph could do. Right. So here's here's one more thing that concerns me about the Warriors. At times, and this happened against the Clippers when the Clippers beat them. Sometimes they just look disinterested, which I really don't like. Sometimes they get it seems like they get bored almost. <laughs> And they kind of just fall out of it. They feel like they have the game won after the first half, and then a team can easily come back. And if, if you're worried about a team coming back, the number one team that could come back is the Houston Rockets with their three-point shooting. With James Harden, Eric Gordon, two of the best three-point shooters, I think you got to be worried about that if you're the Warriors. Now, the only reason I don't think that the Rockets will beat them is because I think the Warriors, ultimately, they'll be up for the challenge. They know. I think they recognize how good the Rockets are. But still, it, it's a little bit of concern for me there. To, two, two things to say about that. Number one, okay, to, at least to me, after that, that Clippers win, where they looked disinterested, and as you say it, mm-hmm. they completely got – that was their wake-up call. They, they're, they're, they're in the playoffs, and they know that now. I, I don't think it fully hit them, and once they, they lost that game, they went down that one game. This is when they're going to start you know, putting on the points. I think they have truly woken up, and they're like, hey – we can we can possibly lose a game or two here. We we gotta you know finish this out. That's number one. Number two, okay. James Harden is one of the best three point shooters in the NBA. Yep. Uh, that's a stretch to me. I think I I think the Rockets clearly have not been as good as they have been in previous years. I don't know if if they're gonna be able to compete as like like last year. I thought they were really good, like really really good going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I I just I don't see them. Quite as good as they were last year. It's pretty much the same team, though. I know it's pretty much the same team, but for whatever, I mean, they didn't do as well during the regular season. I understand the regular season is a different time, and you know, for whatever reason you want to say, it. I, right. I just don't, I don't see anyone beating four superstars. I mean, I in today's you. NBA, yeah. superstars just overpower the NBA. Like, it's if you don't have a superstar, it's, it's kind of truly different. like, for example, the Jazz. The Jazz last year and this year, they, they've been pretty good in the regular season, but they don't have the guy who's like, I mean, they have great players on the wall, like Gobert mm-hmm. is great. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is amazing too, yeah. but they don't have that like superstar. Yeah, and when yeah. you don't have that superstar, it's, it's almost impossible to win, you know, series in the playoffs. Yeah. So, so RD, I get what you say about James Harden not showing up in the playoffs, and I guess that's kind of where I disagree. I think he's going to finally like have a great playoffs, and I think that's why it's going to mm-hmm. be close. And also because I think it's really the same team. I think they're peaking at the right time. And is if Chris Paul's healthy, I mean, Game Seven, if he would have been there, I think they beat the Warriors last year. So that's why I think it's going to be close. I get that. So let's let's talk about Warriors challengers from the East. The actual finals. Whether you think the Rockets Warriors is final yeah, or not. Whether you think they're challengers. I mean, do you see anyone in the East being a true challenger to them at all? No, no, not at all. Um, you have, and, and really, I'm having trouble uh, figuring out who's going to come out of the East. You have the Bucks, obviously. They're rolling over the Pistons right now. Who the Pistons really might as well not even be in the playoffs. They are no threat to anyone. They're the worst team in the these playoffs. 
Um, so the Bucks haven't seen any kind of challenge yet. You got the Raptors, who they didn't look all that great in the one game against Orlando. You know, they almost lost another game. So I'm not too sure about the Raptors. You got the Celtics. They've had chemistry issues. You know, they've kind of had different problems all year. And then the 76ers, just Embiid's health. And, yeah, I mean, I don't see anyone really challenging them. To, to me, nobody in from the east side has looked impressive. I understand Boston yeah. swept the Pistons. Or not the Pistons, excuse me, the Pacers. Mm-hmm. They don't look impressive to me. I, I understand they're kind of yeah. doing a little better than they were in the regular season. I don't see them being a true challenger. The two teams I, I see, I think the Bucks are really good, having the best plus-minus in the NBA in the regular season. That's, that's a big accomplishment, in my opinion. The 76ers, if Embiid is healthy and they have all their stars out there, they got him, they got Simmons, they got Harris out there, they have Butler, they, everyone is healthy and doing their thing. I think they can maybe put up a fight against the Warriors, but even then, I don't, I don't see... I mean, the chemistry between the Warriors, is, is I think it's going to be too much. Harris and Butler, I mean, this is their first year of the team. So I, I don't see, even with that star power, I, don't, I just can't see them beating a team that has four players that are arguably top 20, 25 players in the NBA currently. To, to me, it just doesn't seem like anyone will come out that can truly challenge the Warriors. And this is where, like, the argument of, like, the West is so much better than the East. Well, I mean, if you look at the records of the regular season, it's not, like, overly better. But when it gets down to the line, you know, it gets down to the playoffs, the, the teams look weak to me. They're just weak. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I think that we'll, we'll finish there with the NBA playoffs. We'll definitely talk about it more uh, coming up. But yeah. we're going to transition on over to the NFL draft. I have been more than excited to talk about this. Uh, I know I keep on saying it, but the NFL draft is one of my favorite times of the year. What we're going to do here, we're each going to go, we're going to be a GM for the top 10 picks. We're going to be a GM of those teams who we believe should get drafted what place. Yep. So uh, I'll go first here. Uh, I'm going to start at number one. I, I, if I was the Arizona Cardinals, I'm taking Kyler Murray. And quick reason why, I, I like Josh Rosen. I think they should trade him and get capital for him. Kyler Murray is what fits into uh, Kinsburg's offense. I think that's the pick there. Number two, the 49ers are going to be ecstatic that Murray is taken off the board. They take Nick Bosa. Um, Bosa, in my opinion, is the best prospect in the draft. Um, there's a couple that are close to him, but I would be ecstatic if I was the Niners and Nick Bosa is still there. Number three for the Jets, I have Josh Allen. Uh, they need some outside linebacker help or defensive end help. Uh, Josh Allen was crazy good this year for Kentucky. He's my number three. Uh, Oakland, who has three first-round picks this year. I am super excited to see what they do with those picks because um, they're not in a horrible position. I think they need some defensive uh, help. And with my pick, I have Devin White. He's the best linebacker in this draft. Um, he's, I love the other Devin, Devin Bush uh, from Michigan, but Devin White, I think, is just a once-in-a-generation prospect. I think he's going to do wonders and be in many pro bowls. Uh, my number five pick to Tampa Bay. Again, another team that is going to be ecstatic that this player goes there. Quentin Williams, defensive tackle from Alabama. To me, he's tied for first or just you know, 1B to 1A of Nick Bosa, right. just under Nick Bosa and prospect. Slipping to number five, that's amazing. I don't, he might not even get to five, but if he does, I think that's going to be just amazing for uh, the Buccaneers. Number six, the New York Giants. I have taking Haskins, get their quarterback of the future, pair him with Saquon. It's, that's going to be, that's going to be some terror be for that, that division. Number seven for the Jags, I have uh, TJ Hawkerson from Iowa. Top tight end in the draft. Truly no one looks like him except in the past, except Gronk maybe. He's all around a fantastic tight end. Number eight, going to the Lions, I have Montez Sweat running like in the four fours for a defensive end, uh, 240 pounds, 235, whatever he is. That's crazy. So 
Lions get a great pick there. Number nine, my my boy, Rashawn Gary, defensive end to the Bills. Um, they need some defensive end help, defensive tackle help. So uh, Gary goes there. And then number 10, I have Drew Locke, which is my bold pick uh, to the Broncos. The Broncos need a quarterback. It was between Locke and Daniel Jones of Duke, uh, but I think Drew Locke takes it by a little bit. All right. So I'm going to start out with mine. Uh, number one. I am going to disagree with you. I'm going to go with Dwayne Haskins for Arizona. I think he's the best quarterback in this class. Uh, you know, I've always thought that watching both him and Kyler Murray, I just think he's overall the better quarterback. So I got him there. Um, I agree with you on Nick Boza, just all around amazing player. Ohio State took a big loss this year without him. Uh, number three, I got Quinn and Williams from Alabama to the Jets. Just awesome player all around for Alabama. Uh, number four, I got Josh Allen going to the Raiders. Defensive end or linebacker from Kentucky. Number five, I got Devin White. I think you had – did you have Devin White? Yep, you had him to Oakland. So I have him fifth to Tampa Bay. Uh, Number six, I switched the quarterbacks. I got Kyler Murray to New York Giants, which also would be a fun offense. Kyler Murray, Saquon Barkley. And number seven, I got Jawan Taylor, offensive tackle from Florida to Jacksonville. I thought about the same thing. He's from Florida, so Jacksonville makes sense. Number eight, I got Montez Sweat with the awesome 40 time. A great athlete going to Detroit. Number nine, and I wish the Patriots would trade up to this pick to get this guy, TJ Hawkerson. He could potentially be the next Gronk. That, I, that's, know, I think ideally if he slips out of the top ten, I think the Patriots should trade up for him. Uh, yeah, I hope I, we do. That would be – imagine if Gronk comes out of retirement too and they have Hawkerson and Gronk. Maybe maybe no. for another time if that actually happens. No, but that would, be, that would be definitely great if we could do that. But I have him going to Buffalo. And then I have uh, number 10, I have Christian Wilkins, who it's surprising to me that I've seen him uh, going so late He's in the drafts. I, I agree. I, I thought about him at 10. I, I think Denver just has a bigger need at quarterback for right now. I understand Flacco's there. I don't know. I don't think he's the long-term solution. That's that's my pick. So that's why I went quarterback. But if right. I had to go yeah. a uh, other positional player, it would have been like outside of quarterback, it would have been with uh, – Christian Wilkinson. Yeah, so I have him going to Denver, and that's going to round up my top ten. Uh, it's a pretty good top tens. I, I think I think something very similar. I'm, I'm surprised you have Haskins over Murray. Yeah. But maybe maybe we'll talk about that at, uh, next episode uh, after the draft. We'll discuss that. <laughs> um, so one last quick thing on the draft. We're going to go over a big sleeper pick, okay? So I'm not saying a guy who's going in the second round who we thought should go in the first. I'm saying a big sleeper. Okay. So my big sleeper pick, okay, I'm staying home with my boys from Michigan. I knew it. <laughs> I knew I'm going to go with David Long. Now, I, he's projected as a day two pick third round. Okay, and I know I literally just said, not a guy going in the second round, going in the first. Everyone has him as a huge sleeper. I have him as the best cornerback in the draft. And this is a pretty deep cornerback draft, I think. I think we have Greedy Williams from LSU. Great pick. Uh, Murphy from Washington. Um, we have the guy from uh, Central Michigan, uh, Sam. Uh, forgetting his last name. Uh, but a lot of great cornerbacks. Like, a lot of guys I think could go, like, top two, top three rounds. David Long, to me, I think, has played a scheme that is, is this man his whole career. So he can go in those one-on-ones. He can be a press corner. I think he is going to end up being a great pick for whoever takes him. All right, for my sleeper, and I might show a little bias as well, just like you did. I'm going <laughs> with Will Greer, the quarterback from West Virginia. Uh, he's my man. So I got to go with Will Greer there. I think he could be a great player forever who takes him. I hope the Patriots take him, actually. Again, that would I'll go be an with interesting another, Patriots pick. As, as a backup quarterback, potentially. I don't know if he could be – I think he might be able to be a starter. Mm-hmm. So, I, think, I think the Patriots would be better off taking someone like Daniel Jones. 
Yeah, uh, a little bit earlier. I don't know if he's gonna fall to our pick though, but you know, who you knows? If we know. trade up for him, you never. It's it's. I think this draft is just, and I I say this every year. I was just telling Trevor this before the we recorded this episode. Every year, I think like the top 10, 15 guys are gonna be like great picks, and like I seriously think this draft is so deep. Like I think we have a lot of great players that will go in the second and third round, and I I feel like in a year or two we're gonna look back, we're gonna see this draft, we're gonna be like. There was really, like, a lot of great players. There was an ESPN article, uh, like, a week ago, I think, that was about, like, the best draft classes ever. And I can, like, imagine this draft class going down as one of the better ones. I think there's just so many great prospects at virtually every position, um, from offensive line to the defense. Is, it's such a defensive-heavy draft. I, I just see this going down as one of the best drafts in history. Right. So, to end this episode today, uh, we're going to go through a quick prediction for the week. Uh, Trevor, why don't you start us off? All right, so for my quick prediction, um, I have Jaden McDaniels, who is number six in the ESPN rankings. Um, he still hasn't decided on which college he's going to play basketball at next year. I have him going to San Diego State, mm-hmm. which would be huge for San Diego mm-hmm. State. He would be a great uh, prospect for them, maybe get their uh, program back on track. Um, obviously, Kawhi Leonard did it in the past. Maybe mm-hmm. Jaden McDaniels can do it for them as well. My quick prediction. Okay. Four quarterbacks will be drafted next Thursday in the first round. Four. Okay. I have Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, Kyler Murray, and Dwayne Haskins all going in that first round. But I'm I, super excited for the draft. Like, I, I, I really can't wait. It, it's going to be a great draft. I think there's so many great players, like I just said. But that's going to be all for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we truly, truly appreciate it. Uh, everything that we've heard back, feedback. I know I say this every episode, but just thank you guys so much. Uh, follow us both on Twitter and the Small Baller Podcast on Twitter. Um, stay up to date on different things that we're tweeting about. We'd love to interact with you guys. Um, but like I said, that'll be it for this episode. Thank you again, uh, and we'll uh, see you next Sunday. Go Falcons.